Welcome to my Japanese Green Tea Podcast, a show dedicated to Japanese tea. Hosted by tea blogger Ricardo Caicedo. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 40 of my Japanese Green Tea Podcast. Our guest today is Oscar Breckel, a tea specialist that is very famous in Japan. We'll be talking about his bilingual book titled The Book of Japanese Tea. Hi, Oscar. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ricardo. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Please introduce yourself for the listeners that don't know about you yet.、Uh, all right. So I'm Oscar, and I'm one of eight or maybe nine、uh, non Japanese that have taken a so called Japanese tea instructor certificate or a Nihoncha、uh, instructor、uh, in Japanese. And、uh, I've also done、uh, some tea training in Shizuoka. I was spending a year. At the, the tea research center in Shizuoka Prefecture, the biggest tea growing region in Japan,、uh, for a year, and also training there. And、um, I'm doing tea events mainly in Japan, but also overseas. So I do go a lot to the US and sometimes to Europe.、Uh, originally, I'm from Sweden and actually did my first、uh, proper tea tasting sessions in Sweden this year in August. So、uh, I'm traveling a lot, always bringing Japanese tea and Japanese tea pots with me,、uh, spreading the word, sort of. And brewing Japanese tea, and that's pretty much my life. I had 150 days on the road last year, so it's basically just traveling. I go a lot to tea regions, of course, and I take a lot of pictures, and which I usually upload on Instagram and Facebook. So I try to share all my experiences here in Japan. I've been here now for seven and a half years, and、um, try to share my experience with tea lovers all across the globe and also to new people because、uh, I think that Japanese tea has made my life a lot richer. So I kind of want to share that with、uh, a lot of people, be they、uh, Japanese or non Japanese. Tell us about your book. Okay, so this is a bilingual book about Japanese tea. It's in English and Japanese. So、um, if you would like to challenge yourself, you could just read it. You could try and read it in Japanese, of course. But、uh, I think a lot of information about Japanese tea,、uh, be it about the different tea growing regions or how to steep Japanese tea and different tea cultivars, a lot of that has only been available in Japanese so far. So what I wanted to do with this book was that I wanted to make it accessible to an international audience. Uh, so, the book is bilingual, so you can read it both in Japanese and English. And it's about、uh, Japanese tea, obviously, as the title uh, suggests. Uh, it's、um, not about Japanese tea history, though, and it's not really about the tea ceremonies either. I felt like、um, a lot of books and a lot of good books to have been written、uh, on those topics. And also, a lot has been written about. Health benefits as well, I think, and not only books, but a lot of reports. And a lot of people tend to focus on the health benefits. I sort of wanted to focus on Japanese tea as a way of enjoying life. And I also wanted to sort of write about what Japanese tea is, what defines Japanese tea, and what, what, what makes it different from tea from other countries. So it's a bilingual book about Japanese tea, but、uh, you would find a lot of information in there、uh, that you wouldn't find in other books, I think, especially about, let's say, Different tea cultivars and about different tea growing regions in Japan. But it covers a lot, actually. I, I realized after,、uh, after looking it,、uh, through it again,、uh, it's been a year since it was published. It's, it's about 90 pages,、uh, but it's actually a lot, lot in there about different aspects about Japanese tea, different tea、uh, kinds of tea, of course, obviously, in different tea growing regions. So I think、uh, if you're A Japanese tea lover, and if you want to know more about Japanese tea, you, there should definitely be some, something for you in, in this book. So, when, when you wrote it, 
did you have in mind that it would be mostly for people outside Japan? Actually not. I was uh, thinking about Japanese readers as well. Uh, not only uh, when it comes to the raw information in the book, it was also about uh, the fact that we're getting a lot of tourists here. When I came to Japan for the first time, and that was before I learned how to speak Japanese or anything, it's about 13 years ago now. But uh, when I came the first time, there wasn't really, or there weren't really a lot of tourists and like foreigners here now it's um, getting increasingly co more common to travel to japan and there are also a lot of a lot more foreigners working here compared to say like 10 years ago so i think a lot of foreigners they get in touch with japanese tea now and a lot of japanese they find themselves in a situation where they kind of have to explain about japanese tea in English or well other foreign languages for that matter. And I was actually thinking about those Japanese as well when I was writing the book uh, because you don't really get good at English in or any other foreign language in just a couple of days uh, or I mean it would take you years and they're talking a lot about the Olympics now next year and how they need to improve like their English skills whatever and I realized that it's not going to happen just because you have the Olympics or because there's, there's a big project going on. I think they needed uh, some something to, or I think people need something uh, that could help them to convey information. And when it comes to tea, I think it's, I think it's really difficult because tea is not only uh, a beverage; it's art, it's a lifestyle, it's a way of communicating, and uh, it's connecting people. There is so much you can say about tea, and so I wanted to sort of offer at least one suggestion or a few suggestions of what you could. Tell foreigners. So, if you let's say if you're a Japanese uh, person and you have a tea place or a tea shop or something, and you have foreign guests, even if you can't talk in English to them, uh, you could use my book and you could sort of you know point or like uh, use it to help to, uh, explain to foreigners because you can read the Japanese part and then tell the foreigners that okay, this is uh, this cultivar of the tea plant or this this grown in this part of Japan and so on. So I was kind of thinking about J uh, a Japanese audience as well. And of course, tea instructors were, I think, 3,500 now, but only eight non-Japanese. So uh, there's definitely a problem with how you convey information to, to and how you talk about tea to foreigners. So I was thinking about a Japanese audience too. But one of my main goals or the main aim with the book was, of course, to make information about Japanese tea more accessible to an international audience, uh, information that uh, or things that have hadn't been explained so far. What type of feedback have you received uh, with Japanese and non-Japanese? It's uh, it's been very different actually. Uh, in some feedback that I kind of expected, and some feedback that I didn't expect. It. I think that a lot of foreigners they have told me that okay, finally. We get more information about Japanese, and not just about the tea ceremonies, and not just about tea history. A lot of books tend to kind of reiterate the same uh, information. Uh, I've been receiving a lot of good comments from uh, foreigners, of course, because of the information in the book, uh, well, because of the contents. But uh, some people have also told me that it makes it easier to buy Japanese tea and to sort of navigate yourself like through the world of Japanese tea. Uh, let's say maybe... If you're in Japan, most of the, as you probably know because you've lived uh, here, uh, most of the packages are in Japanese, and uh, if you don't, if you can't read and write 
in Japanese, even if you speak Japanese to some degree, if you can't read and write, then you're kind of lost. And I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of foreigners, they've told me that as long as I have this book, it makes it a lot easier to buy tea in Japan. And you can also check which Chinese characters that are used to write a certain tea-grown region, for example, or uh, a cultivar of the tea plant. I've realized that a lot of people apparently find this useful, which is very, which I'm very happy about because it took me many years to learn Japanese. It's not, it wasn't really an easy task. So it's it's great to hear that people uh, can sort of use this not as a guidebook, but um, something uh, similar, I guess, because they're using it to purchase tea here or to get to know uh, something about a tea they purchased or got while they were in Japan or that they got from someone. I really like the book among your three books. The, this one was the one I, I like better. Yeah. <laughs> although although I, I read them all in Japanese. <laughs> and, and I even bought it twice because oh. a friend of mine kept asking me, like, sell me the book. And I, I just had to sell it. And then I, I bought uh, another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Ricardo. It's, uh, <laughs> it's very encouraging. I, I usually joke that it probably made my life about three years shorter uh, something I, I had to spend a lot of uh, nights uh, f- uh, finishing the book last year in summer uh, because a publisher they told me that uh, I, I had sort of pushed the deadline forward uh, many times and they kind of told me that all right they, if they you didn't like the idea <laughs> uh, they they, they kind of just said like uh, okay you've been pushing it now and unless you're finished uh, on well 31st of July that was last year, then we're not going to be able to publish it. So they, they were kind of threatening me. I don't know how serious they were, but I kind of canceled everything I could cancel. And I just basically spend, spend uh, I think, the, the last three weeks. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't only me. It was a lot of editors and uh, proofreaders involved. And if you're writing in two languages, if, you're, if you change something somewhere, you have to change change it in the other language. Mm-hmm. So And then you have to get back, back to your... Uh, Japanese proofreaders and your English proofreaders and it's just a circus it just goes on and on and on and you're looking at the same text so many times and there are a lot of place names there, there are a lot a lot of things that could go wrong here so I think I was nervous about it too. Is there any part of the book that, that you think is very interesting for for people to read? Uh, well I think first of all I would uh, like people to read the first three pages most people probably do I think because it's the beginning of the book it's a natural way to start reading a book, I suppose. But I try to sort of deliberate about uh, what Japanese tea is and how it differs from tea from other countries, and you know what distinguishes Japanese tea, the, the characteristics. And uh, I'm talking a lot about how the, well, the, the freshness and the, the umami, and um, how when you uh, take a sip of uh, Japanese tea, like the, the sweet fragrance, it kind of immerses your heart and mind in tranquility and just, you know, let let you enjoy the subtle beauty and elegant simplicity of the nature that surrounds the tea gardens or the nature um, around the tea gardens and, and well, in, in the mountainous regions of Japan. And I think that's really the beauty of Japanese tea is that uh, as long as you have tea leaves and teapots, uh, you could kind of make yourself almost feel as if you're in the middle of the mountains. I think the taste and the flavor of Japanese tea is very close to nature. It's produced in a way or processed in a way so as to not alter the chemical compounds uh, of the tea leaves. So 
what you're getting essentially when you're steeping or brewing a cup of Japanese tea is uh, a cup of nature, I think. It's uh, like, let's say if you compare this with um, oolong tea or black tea, for example, there is a withering process and there is also uh, an oxidation process that kind of alters the compounds and you get a completely new flavor, uh, which is, of course, um, the beauty of oolong tea and uh, black tea. And I tend to like oolong teas and black teas a lot too. But I think what makes Japanese tea special is the whole is this natural or flavor, or that the natural flavor compounds are kept throughout the processing, and also that you can steep it in so many different ways. Uh, you could use hot water, you can use cold water, so you can adjust your own taste or your own preferences, or to the preferences of someone who you're brewing tea for. Uh, which makes it uh, embody the Japanese concept of omotenashi or hospitality, if you like, uh, which is really about making, trying to make your guests as comfortable as possible, or sort of to put all your efforts into that. Uh, but that's that's the first part of the book. And uh, when you move on, and if you're a Japanese tea drinker, you probably want to know a lot about, let's say, cultivars, um, different cultivars of the tea plant, and different tea growing regions. And when I was writing the book, I realized that this is something that hasn't really been done uh, properly, not even in Japanese. And one thing that is really popular and one thing, one part of the book or page of the book that I really recommend is the, uh, there is this uh, chart on Japanese uh, tea cultivars. Uh, it's on page 39, if you happen to own a copy of my book, and uh, that shows the, the lineage of the uh, some selected Japanese tea cultivars, how they're related to each other and how they were bred. So uh, and that, that is a page that uh, I usually get a lot of positive comments on. And I think the following page is too, I write about the different cultivars and how uh, they taste different. You, you get sort of a taste and flavor profile on the different tea cultivars. And uh, some people have been blogging about this, of course, but I think it's probably the first time you see this in a printed or uh, in published uh, material. So, yeah, I would say that, uh, I mean, all the pages in the book, they're there for a reason. And I even had to cut and slash a lot of parts because I had a limited amount of pages. And, of course, if you're writing in two languages, uh, it makes it really hard to squeeze everything in like if, if if this book was only in english say then you could write twice as much as you could do if you have a bilingual book so uh, there was it was a challenge to squeeze everything in but i'd say like you should definitely start reading the first three pages you get basically my thoughts on tea and kind of not a definition of japanese tea but um kind of deliberating or trying to uh, discuss what uh, makes Japanese tea different from tea from other countries and also how Japanese tea can be in, enjoyed. But So that should definitely be, or that's a uh, part that I really want readers to look through, but uh, definitely about the cultivars and the different tea growing regions. I think that's um, that's a thing that, well, hasn't really been taken up properly, All, which is strange because uh, I think there are a lot of people that like Japanese tea, but for some reason this kind of book didn't really exist before I took on the task. Yeah. It's not so common to write a bilingual book. What gave you the idea? Uh, okay, so I wanted to uh, actually wanted to write a book in English. I've been wanting to do that, uh, wanting to do that for many years to make information about Japanese accessible. 
as you know, you can only take a Japanese tea instructor certificate if you know Japanese. So if you compare Japanese tea to, I don't know, say coffee or black tea or, or wine or whiskey or uh, some other beverage, it's really hard to study about Japanese tea unless you know Japanese. Most other beverages could be studied in different languages. Uh, however, when it comes to Japanese, you have to learn Japanese. And I sort of wanted to improve the situation because I think that of course, if you're a tea enthusiast, you probably would like to learn Japanese. But as you know, it takes a couple of years, and most people don't have a couple of years. More so than I a wanted couple, to sort of, I think. more than a couple of years, definitely yes, and uh, <laughs> certainly. And I sort of wanted to improve the situation and uh, make information available. So that was why I was thinking of writing in English. Uh, but then I had some discussions with the publisher and uh, they kind of suggested that uh, because there are a lot of foreigners in Japan these days and uh, also there are a lot of Japanese that find themselves in situations where where they have to explain about something Japanese and it's not only tea it could be uh, some traditional craft or uh, some aspect or part of Japanese culture so they kind of suggested that well I mean uh, we could make it a bilingual book and I was like, okay, that sounds like really challenging and it sounds like something I definitely won't have time with, but something that I just have to do. Because then people could use the same book and you could leave this in uh, tea shops or a lot of places where you would have both Japanese uh, customers and foreign customers. And it would be a nice thing for tea enthusiasts over the world, like even if you can't read or speak in Japanese, you can still see how it's written in Japanese. If you have, let's say, some Japanese skills or if you know some Chinese characters, I think it's fun to see how all the places are written in Japanese as well. So you, you kind of get it, uh, get all the information gathered together well, uh, in, in one place. And uh, yeah, that makes it handy, I guess, com compared to a, uh, a normal book, which is just usually in one language. One thing that I find very interesting about, about your books is that you're also pushing for more single cultivar teas, like if, oh, it, yes, like yeah. if it was wine. Yes, that's uh, definitely something that uh, I want people to know more about. And I think that tea drinkers, especially foreign tea drinkers and young tea drinkers uh, in Japan, uh, young tea, tea drinkers, tea lovers in Japan and also uh, foreign tea lovers tend to uh, be interested in single state teas or single cultivar teas. And uh, it's actually something that is uh, pretty new in the world of Japanese tea. If we just rewind uh, 20 or 30 years, uh, we should probably do a podcast on single state or single cultivar Japanese tea, I think. But because that's an interesting topic yeah. in itself. But most Japanese teas are blends. And until about 20 uh, years ago or so, it was almost impossible to find single cultivar and single estate teas. So uh, it's something that has happened recently. And maybe because of that, it hasn't been brought up properly. I mean, especially not if you compare it to like Chateau wine or uh, something like that. So uh, I wanted to sort of write about what's happening right now not really like i said in the beginning not so much about history and not so much about the tea ceremonies that has been sort of done but i wanted to let the readers know what's happening right now and what do we have in japan right now and what are the trends or the movement uh, in the tea industry and i think probably the most interesting topic to pick up 
especially if you're if you're really into uh, tea, the, uh, that's definitely the single state and the single cultivar uh, movement, and it's it's getting bigger here. It's uh, definitely I would say like uh, I'm very happy about my decision coming to Japan and everything for a lot of reasons, but uh, if we're just talking about tea, I would say that it's probably the most interesting time to be in Japan or to be living in Japan and to work with tea because uh, a lot is happening and there will be teas like in 10 years or 20 years from now that we don't have today. So I think we're living in exciting times. I think we tend to forget that because if you talk to people in the tea industry, they're saying, okay, the the population in Japan is decreasing and exports are not growing as fast as uh, people wanted it to do. So total consumption is decreasing and less people are brewing tea using teapots. So a lot of people tend to pick up the negative things. But for me, it's uh, if you look at the single estate movement, we didn't really have those teas. Uh, I'm drinking a lot of single estate Japanese teas almost every day, and I really enjoy them. And they those teas have certainly made my life richer, but they didn't exist like 20 years ago. So as a consumer or as a tea lover, I would say that we're certainly living in exciting times and I think Japanese tea has never been more interesting ever before and uh, I think that's worth mentioning and I mean there are certainly well bad things or less good things happening I would say that uh, it's really exciting to be in Japan now and I wanted to sort of share that with readers uh, not only in Japan but also in other countries well people can't read in Japanese are you planning in writing another book or not really? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I t- <laughs> like I told you before, like, uh, writing this book it probably made my life three years shorter or so. Uh, I mean, I had to fight lack of sleep and I just had a couple of intense months ri- writing this book. But um, I, So I usually say that drinking tea is very good for your health. Writing about tea is not necessarily <laughs> as good. Uh, so, uh, no, I'm not planning anything for the uh, moment, but uh, I mean, I have a lot of, well, there are a lot of things that I would love to write about. And one thing would be a book directed at tea specialists, people who want to do quality evaluation. Because I think a lot of people, even if you come to Japan and you go to a tea growing region and you try to meet with tea people, it's really difficult. I would say close to impossible to really get become a skilled Japanese tea specialist unless you really spend a couple of years here and unless you have someone here an experienced Japanese tea specialist who could talk, uh, who could teach you about tea, for example quality evaluation uh, so I think when when you're when you come to Japan if you're new to this country you probably get in touch with a farmer you get out there and I think it's hard for most people to really tell i mean did i end up in a good place is this uh, tea really unique or i think most people even lack maybe um, a standard to compare different japanese tea i I don't think most people know what like uh, a good japanese tea is supposed to be like so uh, i want to sort of spread that kind of knowledge and make it accessible and available for an international crowd, or at least for uh, English speakers or people, anyone who could read uh, in English, uh, because it takes too much time to learn Japanese. And even if you learn Japanese, unless you get in touch with a good, experienced tea specialist here that is willing to spend time teaching you, 
Uh, I've been very fortunate, actually, because I've I've got a lot of good contacts here, and I wouldn't. I mean, there are, there are some people and that have helped me a lot, especially uh, when writing this book too. Uh, it's about uh, four or five people that really uh, made this possible, and uh, the same goes not only for my book but for everything I'm doing here. Uh, I think it's always important to have uh, a good mentor or a good teacher or several uh, teachers, uh, and I think that if you just come to Japan now you're kind of lost. And I want to make people less lost. I want to make people feel like, okay, um, at least I know the basics. Now I can navigate myself around. And I think there is a need for a book for tea specialists, how you do quality evaluation, for example. And a lot about, like, if we're talking about raw tea or, like, unrefined tea compared to refined teas, I think most people that know a lot about oolong tea or black tea are not very familiar with the distinction, but it's crucial to learn about those things if you want to become knowledgeable about Japanese tea. So, uh, yeah, I think a book about Japanese tea that is um, more directed at tea specialists would probably be the next project, but that's probably going to slash my life expectancy within (laughs) another three years. So it's probably not very likely to happen, like, in the next one or two years, but maybe, like, in three or four, definitely. Yeah, I'll be waiting for the book. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, um, I want to tell the readers how they can buy the book. It used to be that your book wasn't available as a Kindle version, but now it is. Now it is, yes. At least yeah. on Japanese Kindle. I'm trying to get it on uh, the American um, Amazon as well. Uh, it's uh, Now it's only available in, in Japan, I think. I'm trying to push the publisher. It's not uh, really... And my decision, or I don't yeah. really call the shots here, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, a Kindle version is available, at least uh, on Amazon Japan. Yeah, so if people want to buy it, the, the Kindle version in Japan, like all they have to do is go to www.amazon.co.jp. And over there, you can actually change the, the language to English. So it's not that you need to read Japanese. Mm, and, that's for it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and once you do that, you just, in the search bar, type Oscar Breckel, and it'll be one of the first that come out. And so you do have to make another, open another account, in because it, it, it will not be the same account as your as your Amazon, let's say, in the U.S. And when, when you buy it, of course, you, use, you can use your credit card, and it doesn't mind if you're not in Japan, in other words. <laughs> And when you download it, what I've done is it tells you that there's a Kindle Cloud Reader, the, the same the same one that, that if you had in, in your country, but it's a different one because it's from that URL from Amazon Japan. So you, you can read it that place, but it's not going to be, you can't add it to your other Kindle account. You have to read it from your Amazon Japan account. But mm. other than that, um, it, it totally works, and it's much easier, I think, to, to buy the digital version than, than the physical one from Japan. Yeah, and I guess especially if you live uh, somewhere like not in Japan, the shipping costs uh, probably yeah. be pretty much as expensive as the book, I guess. But uh, So yeah, a Kindle version is probably the better better alternative, I guess. Yeah, and if, and if you could get it in, in the... US version, like it, it would really be really great. Yeah, that would probably make it a lot more well spread. It's uh, uh, I'm not in the publishing business, so I don't know how this works, but I think it's, apparently it's a 
was, I don't know if it's paperwork, or whatever, but and the, the publishers, they, they made it sound more difficult than I thought it was. But hopefully it will be available on um, Amazon, uh, America, and well, in other countries as well. Thank you for all your time. Thank you for having me, Ricardo. We can, let's do it. Yeah, we can do another podcast about single quality tees. We definitely should, yes. Yeah, and I wish you the best and, and hope that your life expectancy doesn't decrease so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink a lot of tea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, goodbye. All right, thank you, Ricardo. Thank you for listening to my Japanese Green Tea Podcast. Join us again next time 